The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Glory be to God. Let me start from here tonight, and it's probably going to be referenced again in my teaching. One reason why people don't see this thing is they don't pray for it. They don't pray for it because they don't know it is theirs. So a big portion of what we are teaching is what is yours. How is it mine? It is mine because Jesus died for me to have it. It's not yours because you worked for it. Please hear me and hear me very well. Some of us only know how to enjoy things we labored for, things we struggled for, things we earned, things we worked for. That is not bad, but if that's all you only know how to enjoy in this life, you are just shortchanging yourself. There's something called favor. Can I hear somebody shout favor? favor. Hallelujah. And that's what we enjoy when we come to Christ. The things we don't earn. The things we don't qualify for. Money you did not work for. I love the way the Bible says it. Houses you did not build. Vineyards you did not plant. Glory be to God. God will give it to you. Praise God. So many people don't know some of these things are available. So a big portion of what we are teaching is what is available to you in Christ Jesus. Because of Christ crucified. Glory be to God. But it's not even enough to find out that these things are available. You should now how market. If Jesus died for me to have these things 2,000 years ago, how? Am I enjoying them? And if you are not enjoying them, you begin to ask, why am I not enjoying them? And as the Spirit of God begins to reveal to you why perhaps you are not enjoying them, you examine yourself in the light of what he's saying. One reason why people don't say, they don't pray for it, they don't ask for it. We will never get tired of asking for wisdom in this church. Never. And you should never get tired of asking for wisdom. And I'm telling you, when the wisdom kicks in and begins to work, you will know it. All of a sudden, you will just know what to do. Hallelujah. Man, I've experienced that over and over and over and over again. And when that thought comes, when that idea comes, when that instruction comes, instruction of wisdom, idea of wisdom, revelation comes, and you put it to work, after a while, you just see that your life has gone to another level. So it starts by you beginning to recognize what is yours. What is yours? And part of what is yours is the glory of God manifested in your life. Praise God. Let me go on because I have very limited time and I want to cover some more ground today. The glory of God manifested in your life. So people don't see what is available to them and... When, because they can't see it yet, and I'm praying that God is opening your eyes to see what is available to you through Calvary's cross. Can I hear a loud amen? amen? And when you begin to understand what is yours because of Jesus' sacrifice, and you are not enjoying them, you cannot begin to pray for them. 
And one of the best prayers you should pray is the prayer of wisdom. Don't get depressed and don't get into despair because what you are hearing that Jesus has obtained for you, you are not enjoying them. No, the proper response is, God, how can I start enjoying these things? Where am I missing it? And you pray for wisdom. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Zechariah 2 verses 4 and 5 again, our anchor text. Jerusalem shall be inhabited as a town without walls because of the multitude of men and livestock in it. I, For I, says the Lord, will be a wall of fire around her and I will be the glory in her midst. Praise God. Background again. They had lost everything. I wonder whether there's somebody here that feels as if you have lost everything. Or whether it was your father that lost everything. And that has now spilled into your life. It looks as if you have nothing again. That was the situation they were in. And they lost everything because of their sinful lifestyle. That is very instructive. That, and you will see that we'll be referencing sin in our teaching. Uh, we started doing it last week. We will continue it. But after... A while, God now prophesied to them, I'm going to bring everything back. God said, painting picture of what they can now begin to enjoy. I lost some things God told them in the book of Zechariah. Praise God. So he told them that there will be a, 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 a town. You see, at that time, it had become a desolate place. It's like somebody that finances are dry. Maritally, things are dry. Career, things are dry. Business, things are dry. Ministry, things are dry. Desolate. You see, all these things that happened, they're a type of and shadow of things that can happen to people in, in the days and times we are living. And we can learn from their experience. Everything down. But God brought good news to them. This place that looks desolate today, I'm speaking to you that it will be like a town and a city with multitudes of people. Glory be to God. I want to prophesy over somebody today that your bank account that looks empty, pretty soon it will be loaded with money. Anything and everything that looks dry in your life, by the glory of God that will be manifesting in your life, it will turn around for good. When you read the Bible, try and insert yourself. Your experience may not be exactly like their own experience. But try and glean the lesson the Bible is trying to teach from their story. That's why it was written. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let me show you some things God told them will happen. Apart from the fact that I'll be a fire around you and I'll be the glory in your midst. What, what does that mean? Um, chapter 1 verse 17. Some practical, literal things God now told them to break it down further for them. Zechariah 1 17. My cities shall again, glory be to God, spread out through prosperity. Hallelujah. The Lord will again, notice again, again there implies they used to have it before. Now it was gone for a long time, 70 years to be precise. Everything was dry. God was now telling them, I'm going to bring it back. I prophesy restoration upon your life in the areas where you seem to have lost things. In the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. This is good news. Restoration of health. Glory be to God. Restoration of joy. Restoration of peace. And what God said there exactly. Restoration of prosperity. 
in this part of the world, in our country specifically, our parents will tell us about the good old days in Nigeria. Where food was affordable. And cars were affordable by everybody. And everybody seems to get jobs. You, you, I mean, those of you, if you have parents like mine, in those days, they say, once you leave school like this, the job is already waiting for you. But it looks as if it has gone now. But I am here to declare the word of the Lord. Restoration is coming back in the name of Jesus. That's what God was telling them. Again, my cities shall spread through prosperity. The Lord will again comfort Zion. Hallelujah. And he will again choose Jerusalem. At that time, it looked as if God had forsaken them. God said, no, you will be my choice again. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Beautiful. Beautiful. There will be prosperity. There will be comfort. There will be divine election. Hallelujah. Praise God. Look at what he told them in Zechariah chapter 8 verse 12. The same text or the same book. He said, we're going to study this book of Zechariah. We'll look at Haggai and two other books. Ze I love this one. I mean, this is one text I think everyone should be standing on every time you are giving an offering. Or you are sowing a seed. Zechariah chapter 8 verse 12. Glory be to God. Three beautiful things God told them. Remember again, it was a desolate land. Everything looked dry. Everything looked forsaken. It looked as if nothing was happening. Then God raised up prophets and said prophesying over their life. Hallelujah. Are you there? Zechariah 8 and 12. For the seed shall be prosperous. I speak over somebody this evening. Your seed shall be prosperous. That is both your financial seed, your intellectual seed, your biological seed, any kind of seed in your life. Again, remember this was a desolate, barren land. A forsaken land. God said in this place your seed will be prosperous. Not only that, the vine shall give its fruits. The ground shall give an increase. The heaven shall give their due. And I love this. And I will cause the remnant of these people to possess all of these. In other words, you will have seed to sow. Hallelujah. You will have a vine that is bearing forth fruits. You will have a ground that is bringing forth increase. And the heavens over your life will be giving due. Painting picture of restoration for them. Painting picture of what it will look like. Feel like. Taste like. When the glory of God is manifested in your life. Your seed will be prosperous. Hallelujah. Your vine will be fruitful. Praise God. The heavens over you will give due. And you will possess all these things. Look at the third one he gave them. He gave them another picture. The same um, chapter 8. And there are many other things told them in that book. I just want to give you these three. Thus says the Lord. Verse 23 of chapter 8. See all of these things were prophecies. Eventually they happened. But God spoke it to them. Thus said the Lord of hosts, in those days when I am a fire around Jerusalem and the glory in their midst. In those days, look at what will happen. From every language of the nations shall grasp the sleeve of a Jewish man. Saying, let us go up with you for we have heard that God is with you. Hallelujah. From a people that were despised and enslaved and taken into captivity and taken into bondage, God said, I'm going to make you the envy of the nations. All of a sudden, everybody wants to start coming to your country. 
do you know there are some countries on the face of the earth today, everybody wants to go to their country. There are some cities everybody wants to go to. And God was speaking to them, when my glory is back, hallelujah. That's what will happen. People from all over the world want to come. And they want to come to know your God. Hallelujah. In other words, your life will be so colorful and attractive. I'm prophesying over somebody here. Your family members, your friends, and people you used to know, they seem to be running far away from you. But thus said the Lord, I am bringing the glory back. And people will be coming to flock around you and say, take me to your God. Because I can see that he has been with you. Oh, hallelujah. And when you read the book, you see some other ones. But those are three ones that stood out to me. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Number one, you will break out with prosperity. Number two, they said prosperity, comfort, and things. And number two, your seed will be prosperous. Your vine will bring forth fruit. Then you will be attractive to the nations of the world. Hallelujah. And that's why the subject of what we are studying is vital. How is it going to happen? By fire. That's what God said. I will be a wall of fire around them. I will be a wall of fire and the glory in their midst. So, number two, I, was, I said at the beginning, number one, one reason why the glory is not manifesting is because, first of all, Christians are not even aware that this thing is available for them. Now that Christ has died, you need to be conscious of that every day of your life. That there are some benefits that are due to me because Jesus died and rose again. Not because I worked for them, but just because of Christ crucified. Let me hear somebody shout, Christ crucified. Pray for them. Pray for wisdom to know how to walk in it. And number two, learn to live your life with the fire of God. Now, that may sound strange and totally foreign to many of you under the sound of my voice. You may never have done it before. We, we theme the ticking, rekindle the fire. Rekindling means it must have been there before. You must have had fire before. I, am not, I won't be surprised if there are people in this place that they have never, ever, ever consciously lived their life with the fire of God. They don't even know what the fire of God is. And you need to learn it. Please pay attention. Please learn these things. Why are we having so many believers in our churches that even though Christ has been crucified and they believe that Christ has been crucified, they can't seem to be enjoying the benefits of Christ crucified. These are the things we're exploring. Not to condemn ourselves or to beat ourselves on the head, but to just get answers. Can we really enjoy these things or is it just fables? Well, I'm here to tell somebody you can enjoy them. Can I hear a loud amen? amen? If you will learn the ways of God. Fire of God. That's, and I'm not going to change the name. There, there are some, and there's nothing wrong with it. There's a teaching style that you can, instead of using the name of what is used in scriptures, you can try to use just what it um, implies. There's nothing wrong with that. But I want us to start with the name the Bible calls it. They called it the fire of God. The fire of God. Somebody say fire of God. And our prayer 
in this season is, God, let your fire fall afresh on me. Somebody say that, Lord, let your fire fall afresh on me. Say this, Lord, let your fire burn afresh in me. Praise God. When the fire of God is there as it ought, the glory will be evident. Where the fire of God is not there, the glory will not be evident. And if you follow these teachings we are doing, you will see why. Last week, we, 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 we basically the main thing we stressed was that it is remarkable that where God appeared, the Father, he appeared as fire. Where the Son, Jesus, appeared, many places in Scripture, he appeared as fire. Where the Holy Ghost appeared, he appeared as fire. That is instructive in itself. That God appears as fire. So I want to go further tonight. What is the fire of God? Exactly what are you talking about, Pastor T? And please, particularly if this is foreign to you, because where I'm taking you to, church, listen to me, not only are we trusting God that the fire will be rekindled in our lives and in our midst as a church, I want every member of this church that will care to hear and listen and follow what we are teaching to get to a point where on your own, you can activate the fire. Walk in the fire. Take advantage of the fire. Glory be to God. Somebody say on my own. I can't hear you tonight. Say on my own. Say with me, I will not be ignorant. I will not be negligent. I will not be lackadaisical. But I will learn to live a life of fire. Hallelujah. What do we mean? Or what does the Bible mean when it talks about the fire of God? What did God mean when he said there will be a wall of fire around them? What is the fire of God? Simply put, it speaks of the nature, the character, the qualities, and the attributes of God. The operative word there is the nature of God. By God appearing in many instances, whether it's the Father, the Son, or the Spirit as fire, God was trying to communicate, fire is my nature. Fire is my character. Fire is my quality. Or the qualities of fire are similar to my qualities. And the qualities of fire are similar to my attributes. Praise God. Let me define the word nature for you. I love the dictionary definitions of the word nature. Particularly in the context that we are applying it here. Nature speaks of a particular combination of qualities belonging to a person. Combination of qualities. Combination. So it's not just one thing. Like tonight, I'm going to show you five attributes or qualities of fire. Natural fire that we can see in God revealed in the scriptures. God wrote the Bible that way. And God manifested that way because nobody has seen God at any time. No one can come and tell me this is what God looks like. He's six feet tall. He has brown eyes. He has a black skin or white skin. No, no, no one can say that. So when God appeared to people, he appeared many times symbols. Fire, you will see them in the Bible, rain, oil. 
that the average person can relate with and somebody can be instructed about, I can tell you about qualities of fire. And where we are going tonight is to teach you, encourage you, inspire you to begin to imbibe those qualities. Hallelujah. If you are not yet imbibing them. And whenever you look at your life, when you examine yourself and you see that these qualities are missing, you pray to God, you ask God, you do things we are going to teach you to do for those qualities to be there. Because if those qualities are there, that means God is there. And I'm talking about manifested. And if God is there, the glory will be seen. Can I hear a loud amen? A combination of qualities that belong to God. Look at this other definition. The characteristic disposition of God, of a person. The characteristic disposition of a person. So, when you come to church, it is characteristic or it is the disposition of pastor T to preach. People that work in the church office, they will tell you certain things that pastor T does. In my house, they will tell you certain things that I do. What is, normally if you meet Pastor T or God on a normal day, what is he disposed to doing? That is what the word nature is. And for God to appear as fire is to tell us, look at fire when you see me and the way fire behaves. That is my disposition. That is what I will do. And what he's trying to tell you to do is do likewise. Don't be a son of God that is behaving like a son of the devil. Are you with me, somebody? Be a true son of a true child of your father. Can I hear a loud amen? And look at this third one. The instincts or inherent tendencies directing conduct. The tendencies that direct conduct. So there's a way God will conduct himself. There's a way God will behave. Instinctively. The instincts that direct conduct. You can determine God's behavior or predetermine God's behavior. By studying God's nature. I can tell you what God is going to do in 2018. I'm telling you. Because God revealed himself to us as fire. So I can tell you anybody that will embody fire, accept fire, embrace fire, the qualities of fire, will somewhere down the road, by this time tomorrow, see God manifested in his life. I will tell you something else. Anybody that will ignore the qualities of fire, the characteristics of fire, or go the other way, he most likely will not see God by this time tomorrow in his life. Because these things are the instinctive, that's how God will behave normally. It's instinctive or inherent tendency. God can be predicted. God is love, the Bible tells us. God will always love. Hallelujah. So anybody on the highway of love, we, love, we, all, we always encounter God. Anybody on the highway of hatred, unforgiveness, bitterness, he will not encounter God. Because we know his tendency. That's why he told us I'm love. The same way God told us I'm fire. In fact, those are the two things I've seen that the Bible expresses in the New Testament define God as. 1 John 4, 16, God is love. Hebrews 20, 29, God is fire. That's amazing. Praise God. When fire manifests, or when fire manifested in the Bible, God, when God manifests that fire, it's also it's good to note what it manifested as. 
it, it manifested as judgment and condemnation. That was the first time fire manifested. Sodom and Gomorrah. Now, don't be afraid. Some of you, when you hear judgment and condemnation, you start jumping. I'm wondering, did you see government's money? <laughs> Talk to me. So, did you see government's money? You shouldn't be afraid of the word judgment and condemnation. Say with me, Christ has taken my judgment on the cross. Say with me again, Christ has taken my condemnation of the cross. Say, there is now no condemnation for me. So even when I hear that God manifests, fire manifests as judgment and condemnation, like this Sodom and Gomorrah, I'm not thinking, hey, one day God can come and he will kill me like he killed them in Sodom and Gomorrah. No. My own has already been taken. But it's important for me to know that because do you know there are certain things in your life that they need to be judged and condemned? Let me pray for you. May sickness be forever condemned in your life. Yeah. To condemn is put an end to. So when God came as fire in Sodom and Gomorrah, he put an end to their city and he put an end to their sin. May, 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 may poverty be forever judged and condemned in your life. May failure be judged and condemned in your life. You will hear me testify. I've not been sick in 25 years. Let me tell you why. God has condemned sickness in me. Romans 8.3 says God has condemned sin in the flesh. God has put an end to it. And when you are in Christ, there's no condemnation for you. Sin and the effects of sin do not have to dominate your life anymore. So for a New Testament believer, for a child of God, when you hear that God appears as fire that consumes, that condemns, that judges, you should be happy. Because it's not about God coming to condemn you. It's about God coming to take out failure forever in your life. Oh, hallelujah. Maybe somebody will get it tomorrow morning. I have to move. In another place where it appeared, it appears as the presence of God. The massive presence, manifested presence of God. That was in the book of Exodus. God was traveling with them. A pillar of cloud by day. A pillar of fire by night. They could actually say, wow, that is God in the sky. It was a cloud during the day and it would change into fire by night. Amazing. The presence of God. May your life never lack the presence of God. Oh, hallelujah. Moses told God, ah, you have to go with us. So your presence must go with us. Because if you don't go with us, how will, the, how will we be distinguished from the other nations? I pray over somebody again. May your life never lack the presence of God. And the third major way when we study where fire fell in the Bible or where God manifested as fire, number one, it manifested as judgment. Number two, it manifested as presence of God. Number three, it manifested as God's acceptance, God's favor, and God's blessing. So they were dedicating the temple, and they were burnt offerings on the altar. And the Bible said the fire of God fell and consumed the offering, and everybody fell flat, and priests could not worship again. Why? Not only was the presence of God there, God was saying, I accept what you are doing here. I'm pleased with what you are doing here. I bless you for what you are doing here. May that never be absent in your life. So hear what we are saying, you know. Hear what I'm saying very carefully. When I say live your life with the fire of God. Church, hear me. I'm telling you if the fire of God is not there, you may not be seeing the acceptance, the favor, and the blessing of God in your life. Because, hear me, hear me very well, in scriptures where the fire of God manifested, it was to show that God 
was acceptable. God accepted and pleased them. Now, I know in Christ we are already accepted the beloved. That's not what I'm talking about here. I'm not saying you're not accepted in the beloved. I'm talking about you walking fully in the manifestation of it. That's what we are talking about. I'm not saying Christ has not died for you. I'm saying Christ has died for you. Let us see the manifestations. Let us enjoy it in satisfactory measure. We may never see all of it, but bless God, we can see it to the point where we are satisfied. Takes fire. Takes fire. The fire of God's presence. Some of us go for meetings without manifested presence. You just as if you're on your own. Do businesses you're on your own. Go into relationships on your own. Moses told God, ah, you must go with us. We are not going to leave this place unless you go with us. Are you still with me tonight? Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Lift your hands, somebody, somebody, lift your hands. Say, Father, I thank you for your fire. And again, I pray, let it blaze, let it burn like never before in my life. To the point where your favor is so evident, where your presence is so evident, where your judgment against sin and all its effects is so evident in my life. Come on, open your mouth and take 30 seconds to pray about that if you understand what I'm saying tonight. Oh, thank you, Jesus. In the name of Jesus, look at me very carefully and listen to me. What I'm trying to do is to encourage you, stir you up, motivate you, inspire you to consciously live a life that is fired up by God. See, once you know what it provides, well, this is the way my own mind works. I won't come and preach without microphone if microphone is available. Because I know what microphone do. It will conserve my energy. When I talk, it will amplify my voice. So I won't come and be preaching to you and be doing this. Use the microphone. The same way as a believer. If I know the fire of God will guarantee the manifested favor and blessings of God in my life, I won't live a life that is not activating fire. I will find out what it takes. Paul was writing to Timothy. Look, look at the words he told him. 1 Timothy 4, verse 7. Please watch this. You see, again, we said fire is the nature, the character, the quality, the, the attributes of God. And in other words, when a Christian starts living with the fire of God, he's imitating God. Praise God. Are you here tonight? Again, the Bible lets us know that God is love, God is fire. First John 4, 16, God is love. Um, Hebrews 29, God is fire. Then Ephesians 5, 1 and 2 says that we should imitate God as dearly beloved children. If you know the attributes of God, try and copy them into your life. Now, I'm not focusing on love tonight. I'm focusing on fire. Be godly. That's what Paul was teaching Timothy. First Timothy 4, 7, exercise yourself Towards godliness, the latter part. Now that you know fire is the attribute of God, try and live a fired, fired up life. 
Exercise yourself. That word is powerful. In other words, this thing is not going to be automatic. It's available. This microphone is not working automatically. They set it up. They put battery inside. They connect it to the amplifier, connect it to the speakers, and now I can use it. And I still have to put it to my mouth. All that is what it refers to as exercise. Exercise yourself to godliness. Be like God. Be fire like God. Can I hear a loud amen? amen? Verse 8. Godliness. And we are using fire here. There are many dimensions of godliness, but we are saying fire. We've seen from scriptures that God is fire. Godliness is profitable in all things. Having a promise of this life that is now and that which is to come. Anybody interested? How many of you would like profit in your finances? Profit in ministry? Profit in your family? Profit in your career. Look at this admonition. Do godliness. And for our discourse tonight, the main quality of God, godliness is be like God. The main quality we're emphasizing tonight and is fire. Do fire like, appear like fire. Appear like fire. Because it is profitable. Praise God. 1 Timothy 6.6, godliness with contentment is great gain. 1 Timothy 6.11, pursue righteousness. You see other qualities of godliness mentioned there. But in other words, godliness, faith, love, gentleness. Pursue it. Pursue it. Pursue being on fire. That's what we are trusting God for every individual and the church as a whole. In this Easter aftermath, let us go after fire. Can I hear a loud Amen consciously, talk to me somebody, deliberately, on purpose, not that we forgot, not that we don't understand, not that, ah, why are we even doing this? Ah, that's why I'm showing us why we need it. Profitable in all things. Praise God. Hallelujah. Revelation chapter 3. Jesus appeared to John and he gave him messages to Seven churches. To one of the churches, the Laodicean church. He diagnosed their problem as lukewarmness. Lukewarmness is very interesting. Lukewarmness is what Jesus said. You are not hot. You are not cold. This is what struck me when Jesus was talking to John. Jesus said, I would rather you are cold or hot. In my mind, I thought lukewarm was even better than cold. I mean, looking like bad was worse. <laughs> the, uh, the lukewarm guy, at least, he has small warmth. No, Jesus said, no, I don't want lukewarm. Is that a fire or nothing? Look at what he said. Verse 15. Watch this. Very interesting. Um, Revelations 3.15. I know your works. They were working on. That you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm, which is what is attacking. He said, I don't want you to be lukewarm. I don't want you one leg in, one leg out. I want you somebody to say full fire. I'll talk to me, church. Say full fire. You know, I, 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 when I was saying God is love, God is fire, the Spirit of God in present mind, I said, you've taught a lot about love, and you should, and continue to but teach also fire. Many people don't know the importance and the benefits of being Christians that are fired up. 
said, no, I don't want lukewarm. So he said, I would prefer that you are even cold. Be in the nightclub. So you will know you are cold. The devil will know you are cold. I will know you are cold. Don't be a director of operation that is cold. That because you are preaching, you now think you are okay. You are not okay, sir. So that's lukewarmness. One leg in, one leg out. But God knows you are not on fire. And you too, you know you are not on fire. No. Amazing statements. Praise God. Ah, that your hallelujah is looking as if you are not happy with what I'm reading. And we are only reading Bible. Oh. Not only are we reading Bible, we are reading the words of the resurrected Christ. Eh? Praise God. So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will what? Vomit you out of my mouth. They were in his mouth. They were a part of his body. The only problem is they were not reflecting him. Because he's hot. He's fire. And he said, no, I don't want you to be in the middle. I want you to be fire like me. I want you to imitate me. Hallelujah. Verse 17. Look at what they were saying. And this is the danger of lukewarmness. He said, because you say I am rich, I have become wealthy and have need of nothing. And do not know that you are wretched, you are miserable, you are poor, you are blind, and you are naked. That's what look, you see, that's what lukewarmness does to you. The guy in the nightclub that doesn't come to church, that is spending Sunday morning in a nightclub, he knows he's not born again. And God is saying that guy has a better chance of experiencing God than the director of operations that because he's preaching and he's not on fire. I'm taking you to how you will know where fire is. He thinks he's rich. He thinks he's okay. And said, no, you're not okay. You are the church, I know. You are even in my mouth. But you are lukewarm. I don't want you lukewarm. Say with me, God doesn't want me lukewarm. Oh, come on, let me hear somebody tonight. Say with me, God wants me on fire. Praise God. On fire. Hallelujah. Verse 18. What he told them is what I want each and every one of us to embrace. I counsel you. And it's amazing that's how far we can go. I can't live this fire life for you, sir. I have to live it for myself. I can't live it for you. Jesus cannot live it for you. He said, I counsel. All I can do is show you the benefits, show you the importance, show you what you will get when you have it, show you what you stand to lose when you don't have it. I will spew you out of my mouth is what he said. Whatever that means, it can't be nice. I can't, honestly, sometimes as a pastor, I wish I can, I, 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 I can just do, but you can't do it for somebody. You can only counsel them. I counsel you, buy from me gold refined in fire. Hallelujah. That you may be rich, or we can say truly rich, and white garments that you may be clothed. Have you noticed I've been wearing white a lot these days? <laughs> fire. <laughs> Hallelujah. That the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed. Anoint your eyes with eye salve. Say, somebody say with me, Lord, open my eyes. Enlighten my understanding. That you may see. Hallelujah. What is he telling them? Acquire the fire. Look, I love you. 
I want you to enjoy everything that I died for. This is resurrected Christ speaking on the cross. I'm telling you, how are you going to get it? You are telling yourself you are rich. I'm telling you, sir, you are broke. You are telling yourself you are okay. I'm telling you you are not okay. How do I know you are not okay? You are lukewarm. That, that, that's the definition here. You are lukewarm. So we need to identify what it's like to be on fire and make sure we are not there. And if that is your state, somebody say, examine yourself, examine yourself, examine yourself. Acquire fire. Praise God. Amen. What does fire in the life of a believer looks like? You don't have to guess. You don't have to worry about it. What does it look like? And again, this is where examining yourself comes in. What does fire look like? How do I know when I'm on fire and when I'm not? Is it just because of the way I feel? Is it by church attendance? Is it by preaching the sermon in church? Is it by preaching the sermon on fire for? How do I know? Is somebody willing to understand and to know? How do I know? Hallelujah. Five qualities of fire. I want to close with tonight. Natural fire that we can see in God, that we can acquire for ourselves. Number one, everybody knows this one, fire burns. Fire, any kind of fire, it will burn. Light a candle, put a piece of paper inside, it will burn the paper. So, fire consumes. We've already talked about this. God is a consuming fire, and he's not going to consume us. He's going to consume sin. He's going to consume sickness. He's going to consume disease. He's going to consume poverty. He's going to consume every and any work of darkness that comes near it. So, how do I know if I'm on fire? If sin... And the work of darkness, every time they approach my life, they are consumed. I'm on fire. If it's easy to be falling into sin, making the same sinful mistakes every time. If the things that are sinful and ungodly have a way to stick to my life, it may mean I'm not on fire as I ought. Again, don't condemn yourself. For that's not the purpose of the teaching. This is to determine whether you're on fire or not. Fire will burn. What will it burn? It will burn sin and the effects and the consequences of sin and the works of darkness. If the fire of God is glowing, burning, blazing in my life as it ought, every time the Satan and the work of darkness comes nearer my life, they will be consumed. If they are coming nearer and nearer and they are not consumed, it's a sign that the fire may not be there as I ought. Even though I'm the one preaching the fire for series. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Fire burns. Our God is a consuming fire. Fire burns. Praise God. Isaiah chapter 6, put it up for us. From verse 1, Isaiah said, In the year King Uzziah died, he had a divine encounter. Lift your hands and say, Heavenly Father, grant me my own divine encounters in the name of Jesus. That's what we talked about in this series a lot last year. How to have divine encounters, what to do. He had an encounter. And when, when he saw the manifestation of God, the, his first response was, hey, woe unto me. Verse 5, please, because of time. I'm a sinful man. I love what Isaiah said. Please look at it. Verse 5, very quickly. Hallelujah. And I said, woe am I, for I am what? 
I'm undone because I am a man of unclean lips and I dwell in the midst of a people that are unclean. Have spies, I've seen the Lord. So, very important thing. Sometimes the problem is not you sinning. It's the environment you are in. How many people understand that we live in a fallen, sinful world? This is why it applies to us Christians. We Christians, many of us are not willfully sinning. We know that. But we live in Lagos. Hey! We are in this world... We are the of God, but we are not of this world. This world is a sinful place. And let me tell you, you go to Lagos to and fro morning and night, the filth of Lagos will rub off on you. Fire will cleanse you. Verse 6. As I said, I saw an angel. Went to the altar, took a piece of live coal. What does live coal mean? Coal that is red hot. Touched my mouth with it. Said, I've touched your mouth, I've touched your lips. Now your iniquity is purged. That's fire. That's fire. So you may not be the one watching the pornography, but maybe everybody around you is watching pornography. You may not be the one stealing money. Everybody in that office is stealing money, or some people. You may not be the one telling the lies. All your friends. It's a corrupt world we are living in. And if we are not careful, it can contaminate us. How do we keep ourselves clean? Tap somebody and say, acquire the fire of God more and more in your life. Tell, let me tell somebody, rekindle the fire. The more the fire is blazing, the easier it is for sin to be taken out of your life. Next Sunday, we are going to go into, or next, next I'm not the one teaching next week, we have a guest speaker next week, but we're going to the effects. At least, this generation, we are too lackadaisical about sin. We think it's okay. It's not okay, sir. It's not. Fire will consume. Number two, fire will refine. How do I know if I have the fire or it's where it ought to be? Put precious metal inside fire. This is how they make the gold rings you have and the precious treasures you have. They refine it through fire. So when someone is not getting better and better, improving, excelling, going from glory to glory manifesting the treasures within them, it may be a sign that the fire is not where it ought to be. Fire will refine. Praise God. Zechariah 13.9. We read it last week. Let me read it again. I will take one thought through fire. I will refine them as silver is refined. When we are walking in the fire, this is what God was telling them in, Jesus was telling them in Revelations. I want you to buy gold. Tested through fire. There's treasure in you. 2 Corinthians 4 from verse 7. Every believer carries treasure. Can I hear somebody say that includes me? Please watch where you know whether you are living a fire life. If those treasures are not coming forth from time to time, the fire is not there, sir. The fire is not there. As it ought. How do I know whether I'm, I'm living with the fire. This is how you know. Fire will consume sin, iniquity. Fire will bring out the treasure in you. Like I said about Pastor Barry last, last, um, yesterday. Things you couldn't do six months ago, you can do them now. Bills you couldn't pay two years ago, you can pay them now. Projects you couldn't undertake one year ago, you can undertake them now. With ease. Ah, fire is refining you. 
Fire is refining you. So when you see that I, I'm on the same level I was two years ago, you know what I want to counsel you tonight? Go for fire. Go for fire. Examine yourself. Am I where I used to be? Go for fire. You can compartmentalize your life. You may have spiritual fire going, but health fire is zero. Career fire zero. Relationship fire zero. Go for fire. I counsel you, Jesus told them. Acquire fire. I'm going to end by showing you how to acquire fire. Number three, what does fire do? It gets interesting from here. Fire heats. Where there's fire, there will be heat. Am I right or am I right? Praise God. Heat. What does heat represent? Warmth. Warmth. I love the injunctions of scripture to us. Colossians 3, 12 to 14. Please help us put it up. Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 to 14. Where there's fire, there will be warmth. You will be tender-hearted. You will be forgiving. You will be loving. You will be caring. Child of God, look at me and look at me very well. Read Colossians 3, 12. Therefore, as the elect of God, uh -huh, holy and what? Beloved, yes, put on what? Tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering. So you also, child of God, look at me. You are struggling to forgive people. You are struggling to show mercy. You are feeling hard. They are always taking advantage of me. The fire is going low. It's not about preaching the sermon. It's about the qualities. The quality of fire is warmth. You are receptive. Your arms are open. Your heart is open. If that warmth is not there, if as Christ forgave you, how could Christ forgive us? He was warm towards us. Why we were seen as he died for us? When a Christian starts struggling with warmth, watch, fire is going low, or maybe it's not there. But not only does it warm, heat warms, then you know, if you continue heating that thing, at first the water will be warm. <laughs> After a while, it will be what? Boiling. Boiling. Fervency. Where the fire is, you will be fervent. You will be fervent. Glory be to God. Romans chapter 12, verse 11. Not slothful in being fervent in spirit. Watch your fervency in the things of God. Prayer is a struggle. Coming to church is a struggle. Reading Bible is a struggle. Oh, 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 oh. This is the one we should really watch because we all come to church. Bless God, we are here on a Wednesday night. We all read Bible. Pastor is even showing us scriptures. We are talking about the fervency with which I'm reading the Bible. We're not just talking about reading the Bible here. Fervency. It's a sign that the fire is going low. Tap your neighbor and say, Rekindle the fire, rekindle the fire. Rekindle the fire. Rekindle the fire. Listen, get this fire where it ought to be in your life. The fire I need as director of operation may not be the fire you need. Your own may not be as hot as my own. But let me tell you something, child of God, you need fire. I need fire. And when the fire is there, where the warmth is there, where the fervency is there, the glory will be there. Because the fire is a sure indication that God is at work, as he ought to be. Why? God is fire. And fire hits. Fire hits. We are taking an offering this month. Benevolence. In line with Easter, Jesus paid it all. Everyone that is able to be a blessing, don't close your heart. 
James said, if you have this world's goods and your brother is in need and you close your heart, where dwelleth the love of God in you? It's not there, sir. Lagos has taken it. Fire brings tenderness. If it is there, you can't put that pot of kettle on the fire and it won't get warm after a while. Can somebody shout a loud amen if you are with me? Yeah. I need to close. Number four, what else? So fire will give us warmth and, and, and fervency. So the, the, when God says I'm, I'm fire, this is what he's telling you. Please, this is not one spooky, religious. Mm -mm. This is not zeal without knowledge. God knows what he was saying. When God appeared at fire, he knew what he was telling them. You know fire, you know that fire will hit. So this is what Jesus was telling them. You people are, are lukewarm. You're not supposed to be lukewarm. You're supposed to be warm and you're supposed to be fervent. Number four, what will fire do? I love this. Fire illuminates. Opens the eyes. Turn on fire, there will be light. Praise God. So where there isn't flow of revelation, illumination, check the fire. Listen to me, child of God, coming to church, I, this is one of the things that God has given me an anointing to attack a lot in this church. People that keep coming to this church and are not learning what we are teaching. Uh, no, I'm going to enter the same trouser with you, sir. You understand that English? Uh -huh. No, it's wrong. It's wrong. You should know, you should understand what I'm saying. I'm not speaking Greek. It's wrong. Jesus was walking with those disciples on the road to Emmaus. He had risen, they didn't know. The Bible said their eyes were dull. He started teaching from Genesis. In fact, he first abused them. Oh, you fools and slow of heart to believe. You shouldn't be coming to King's Word and you don't understand what I'm teaching you. No, it's wrong. I, I don't, you are not going to be comfortable. Let me just give it to you straight. Fire. Fire. I was coming down today. I asked people in the office. Are you people ready for service? The person that was in charge had not. I said, the person I've forgotten. I said, these people are looking for my trouble and I'm preaching on fire tonight. <laughs> fire. No. So he first gave it to them straight. You should know this thing. Stop being a Jew that is stumbling over the revelation of the word. You're a child of God. You're a you should know. You should know. He started teaching them. By the time they got to Amaius, the Bible said when he broke the bed, their eyes opened. They said, didn't our heart burn while he spoke with us? That's why their eyes opened. When I teach, heart's born. When the word of God comes out, when that heart is born, the eyes will open. All of a sudden, you will see what we are saying. Nobody brought this thing from heaven. Fire illuminates. If I teach about tithing, you should know how to tithe and get results with it. Can I hear a loud amen? If I teach about healing, you should know how to claim your healing and never be sick and that in your life. If I teach about love works, you know how to walk in love with your spouse and not be fighting every day. You should know. Your eyes should open. You should. You should. Fire illuminates. You can't turn on fire and there will be darkness there. No way. And it's not prayer. We don't turn on the light and start praying, God, let the darkness go away. It's not a prayer point. All we need to do is let there be light. Can I hear loud amen? At the instant of light, darkness will wear. It will flee. Fire so when there is no revelation, ah, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to do it. You get money, you don't know what to do. Fire is low. Do something about the fire. Number five, I need to close. Because I want to tell you what to do about the fire. Then we'll go in depth next time. Number five, fire energizes. 
fire and boldings, fire and powers. So when Jesus opened their eyes, they were retiring to eat dinner and sleep after traveling seven miles. I don't know how long that is in kilometers, but I know miles is about, um, kilometer is like times two of miles. So let's just estimate maybe 16, 17 kilometers. Here to VI, how many miles, Brian, you drive there every day? Give or take, here to VI is how many? Nothing less than 10 miles. 30 kilometers from here to VI. One way. All right. So they had walked half of here to Victoria Island. The Bible said that journey was seven miles. Estimate. So they said, let's eat dinner and rest. When their eyes opened and their heart burned, the Bible said they got up immediately that hour and traveled back again. No tiredness. It will give you boldness. When they got to Jerusalem, they said, the Lord is risen. What they couldn't say before. They proclaimed it. It will give you what you couldn't do. Energy will be there. How are all these things running? Fire. How is your car running? Fire. That petrol is liquid fire. How is the plane flying? Fire. When they burn something, we are old um, train engines. The fire that is burning the coal. Isn't that how the train begins to move? It will mobilize. It will enlighten and embolden. After the Holy Ghost fell on in Acts chapter 2 on Peter, he stood up and he proclaimed the word boldly. It will embolden, energize you. So where you are saying, ah, you don't have energy to do what you want to do, you can see a plan, but you can't. Fire. Go for fire. Go for fire. Quickly, let me close. Five fire points. I can guarantee everyone on the other side of my voice, you can see there's one place where you need to step up the fire in your life or the other. Am I right or am I right? Talk to me, somebody. So, how do I get it? How do I get it? Five things. And then we'll go deeper in it next. Number one, prayer. Please stop arguing with me, some of you are like Bishop Bloomer said, you are hackers. I will tell you, instead of being a hearer or a hackner, you are hacking me. I've been telling you to pray since you are finding a reason to override that instruction. No. Plug yourself into prayer. That's what Peter and everybody did. They were in the upper room praying. Holy Ghost came. Pray. In fact, that's the best place to start. The place of prayer. Get on your knees and pray. Stand on your feet and pray. Walk around and pray. Lie on your bed and pray. Lie inside a bathtub of water and pray. Just what? Pray. <laughs> Just pray. I'm telling you. You can't pray consistently with a fervent heart, sincere heart, and fire will not fall. It's impossible. Particularly if you are learning to pray. Particularly if you are praying with other believers. That's why I encourage everybody to join Pray with Dr. K and Pursuit. Pray. That's how you acquire the fire. That's one of the best places to start. When you start seeing there's no illumination, there's no warmth to care for other people, it doesn't even cross your mind. It doesn't even cross your mind to give somebody else a glass of water. It doesn't cross your mind. When, when you start seeing those things, ah, don't condemn yourself for Tell your neighbor there's no condemnation in Christ. See it as a sign that this fire needs to be rekindled. Number two, the word of God. Jeremiah 29, his word was in my heart like fire. Somebody under the sound of my voice. I don't know who you are. I don't know where you are. This 60-day journey, April and May, we are already in week three. Dive inside the word of God. You will find fire there. 
You've never read Bible before for a reasonable period of time. Dive inside. Go inside. Go. There's fire in that Bible. Fire. It's inside the word. It said his word like fire was like fire. Shut up in my bones. Jeremiah 23, 29. It's not my word like as fire. This is not like a hammer that breaks the, 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 the rocks into pieces. Fire points. Prayer, the word of God. Fire points. In, in places, we don't have winter here. So places where they have winter, they have a fireplace. When the weather gets cold and temperature has dropped, they will light up the fireplace and they will stay by that place and get warmed. When you need fire, you need to know where to go. Go to the place of prayer. Can I hear a loud amen? amen. Can I hear a louder amen? amen? Go into the word. Glory be to God. Number three, so winning. Five things we do in church. That I'm trusting God that we are going to rekindle this season. And somebody that is not doing it will start doing it. Can I hear an amen? amen. And somebody that is doing it will do it better. Mark 16, 20, they went everywhere and preached the word. The Lord was with them. When the fire showed up, it signified the presence of God. So, as they went preaching the gospel, on soul winning, God's presence went with them. And God's presence is fire. They turned the world the right side up. How? By fire. You want to rekindle, reignite, activate fire in your life, get involved in soul winning. Number four, what else? The house of God. John 2, 17. The Bible said they remembered what they said about Jesus. Zeal for the house has eaten him up. He came to that temple. They were selling. They were doing, he, he drove all of them out. My, the, my father's house shall be a house of prayer. You have made it a den of thieves. Passion for the house of God. Passion. Just caring for the house of God. There should not be empty seats in this, in this church. The worship must be something. The word must be powerful. The prayer altar must not die. There should always be meat in the house. Nobody should be hungry in the house of God. Passion. That's how you ignite fire. That's how they get it. Go to the fireplace. There are fire points. There are fireplaces. Go there. Scripturally told us prayer will ignite fire or they can do it. The word of God will do it. Soul winning will do it. Having passion for the house of God and the kingdom of God, you will be on fire, sir. And when you're on fire, the glory will be there. Examine yourself. Don't start looking for another solution. You see, this is our generation, dangerous generation. People that don't have fire trying to use management to solve marital problems. The problem is fire. I don't make me against management too. You lack fire. There's no management book that you read that will solve your problem. Go and ask them in America. They are owing $21 trillion. They need fire. They need to go back to their fathers. The debt is gone. It's okay. Before the Republicans came, hey, it's Obama, it's Obama. They have increased the debt. They need fire. Not management. Or not management that compromises fire. Nothing wrong with management. Pray first. Get into the word second. Win souls third. Care for the kingdom of God. Then number five, offerings. When Elijah gave that bunch of fire fell. 
When David gave that sacrifice, fire fell. When Solomon gave the sacrifice, fire fell. When Noah gave the sacrifice, rainbow came in the sky, fire. It's our Bible things. We don't need anything else. God has told us I'm fire. He has told us how to ignite it. Do it. Comply. Stop looking for another answer. Sit down and get fire. I counsel you, Jesus said, go for fire. Gold, tell the fire. Stop doing all this nonsense the world is doing. You are not the world. You are the church. You better catch fire. No, there's nothing complicated in these things. Nothing. Rise on your feet. I've taken enough time. I'm going to go deeper in those five things. Next class. Lift your hands. Father. I can't hear somebody. Father. I need your fire. You see, humility is very good though. Sometimes I preach the way I preach so that somebody can hear. I don't want you to think you're okay when you're not okay. They were in the mouth of Jesus, sir. In the mouth. They were the church of Jesus Christ. They were a part of his body, but they were lukewarm. He didn't come to condemn them, but he diagnosed their situation. You people are lukewarm. You need fire. And said, if you don't get fire, I will spew you out. That doesn't mean they won't go to heaven, no. I think it means that you will lose your place. None of us here will lose our place in Jesus' name. But please understand we need fire to maintain our place. Said nobody lights a candle and puts it under a bushel. We are candle. We are the light of the world. We are fire. We are fire. Hallelujah. And we need to know when our fire is going out. I gave you the signs. And more importantly, we need to know what to do to rekindle it. Lift your hands. Father, help me. Let's start with prayer tonight. Open your mouth and begin to pray. Lord, fresh fire. It's a simple prayer. Nothing complicated there. Fresh fire. Fresh fire. Fresh fire. The preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. We are located at Kingsword Auditorium, Etel Avenue, behind NNPC Filling Station. First Bank Bus Stop off Kudarat Abiola Way, Argun, Lagos. Email kmiafrica at kingsword.org. Telephone 234-810-00-00640.